Lay of the Land. This is Trent Nelson. We have so many different types of interesting folks come in all the time, have a chat with us. We love it. We love to chat. But we might have some of the more interesting folks imaginable here this morning with us. We are here to discuss a opportunity that we have mentioned on this program previously, uh, when Amy Beadle was here just a week and a half ago, Violins of Hope. And to better discuss it, because no one would love to hear me speak all by myself for half an hour, we have Nancy Sage, the Executive Director of the Jewish Federation of Springfield, and we have Jonas Stamatis, the Associate Professor of Ethnomusicology at the University of Illinois, Springfield. Such a pleasure to have you each on this morning. Thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for having us. The Jewish Federation of Springfield is honored to bring Violins of Hope to Springfield. We think this is a phenomenal opportunity for our community to hear and to understand the survival of these violins throughout the Holocaust. And Jonas Stamatis has devoted hours and hours and hours to creating several several events and concerts that will tell the story of the violins and show that resilience, the importance of resilience, which is what we are celebrating, which is also what we think brings communities together because we all share it. And what a better way to share than through music. Resilience, perseverance, they are cousins, sisters, brothers, they are relatives, so to speak, and the entire of humanity could not function without getting through the hard times. Professor Stamatis, please, we would love to hear a bit about your background as well as what has gone into the creation of programs designed to illustrate the perseverance as well as the barbarous suffering that occurred decades ago. Yeah, so I am an ethnomusicologist, uh, which means that I study music from around the world and really looking at music as sort of an anthropological phenomenon, so how people use music and when and where and why. And I have a sort of very intimate family connection to this Violins of Hope project, and so I was so thrilled when Nancy Sage approached me from the Jewish Federation asking, you know, might I be able to curate this week of events? So I am actually a second generation Holocaust survivor. My grandfather escaped Nazi Germany in the 30s. His parents, unfortunately, did not. They were killed in Auschwitz and most of his family did not survive. But when he was a child, his parents gave him a violin um, in the hopes that maybe one day he'd become a violinist. Of course, those dreams were cut short by the war. And his parents, before they were deported, like so many families, they attempted to sort of salvage some of their possessions by burying them in the family garden. And so one of the things they buried was their son's violin. And years later, a distant uncle went back to the family garden and dug up whatever remained. The valuables had disappeared, but some photographs and the violin were still there. And so the uncle sent this violin back to my grandfather, who was living in New York City then. He took out the violin. He played, you know, Hatikva, the Israeli national anthem, and then the, the violin just sort of fell into pieces. It had suffered from moisture and, well, from being in a garden. And he sort of put the violin away and didn't really interact with it for, for a while. And then years later, my sister and I were pursuing the violin, and my grandfather decided to give us this instrument as a gift. And it was the instrument that my sister used growing up, you know, for years. And 
And so, you know, when you think about a collection of instruments like this, that the violins of hope that survived the Holocaust, that have these unbelievable stories, there's one instrument in the collection that's known as the Auschwitz violin, because the person who played it was interned in Auschwitz and was playing in the men's orchestra there. There's another instrument that is only on exhibit, not, never to be played again, that's now known as the Heil Hitler violin, because when an American luthier opened the violin, he found that there was a swastika engraved inside, of course, without the knowledge of its Jewish uh, musician. Um, so these, what do you do with a collection like this? You know, do you put these instruments behind glass in a museum and look at them from afar, or do you let their voices be heard? You know, any, any musician, any violinist knows that uh, the violin is sort of an extension of our, of our body, and the instrument that you choose is really personal. It can take a long time to choose which violin is going to be your own. And you know, your mouth is closed, but you're speaking through your instrument. So in a sense, playing these instruments now really brings back the voices of those who are no longer able to play for themselves. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Professor. And for our listeners who may not be intimately aware, would you for a moment speak of the wonderful tradition of stringed instruments, uh, not only in, in Jewish culture and in Jewish history, but as well as in the east of Europe and the west of Asia. We have this wonderfully rich tradition of musicians prior to the Holocaust, during, and of course after. Oh, that is so true. The violin was, in, from what I have read and what I have heard, the instrument that Jews played for generations. And so bringing these violins that did survive the Holocaust, that was such a horrible, horrible time driven by hate, back to life is so monumental. And the two men who have restored them and brought some of them to the point where they can be played and some of them where they're only going to be displayed is phenomenal. It's phenomenal dedication, phenomenal statement about history, and a phenomenal statement about survival. And that is part of what we are bringing together. We know that communities throughout the world have had their challenges, and this is a celebration of survival, and we share that with so many. We have had the pleasure previously on this program speaking to uh, the Mobile Museum of Tolerance, which drives around uh, Illinois, which I know our state is very proud of. We're the only state that has something of that nature. And I myself have been lucky enough to go to the Holocaust Museum in Berlin. And again, as Professor Stamatis noted, these artifacts speak to us in a deeply profound way. And to keep them hidden is to do not only the past, but the present and future a grave disservice. And so we appreciate all the work that the Jewish Federation of Springfield, as well as ethnomusicologists such as yourself, Professor, get into each day, each week, tireless hours. People are eating Burger King. You're working on this. So let's transition to this wonderful Violins of Hope and let's talk a little bit about what people can expect. Should they be able to go to all of the events, just a couple? Please, the floor is yours again, Professor. 
We have a wonderful a range of events, a great variety. The first event actually takes place this evening, Thursday evening at the Illinois State Museum. That event actually is sold out. It is a, a lecture recital where I discuss the story of my grandfather's violin, punctuated by performances by a string trio. Tomorrow, Friday at 12 p.m. at Temple Israel, there is a wonderful chamber music concert by members of the Illinois Symphony Orchestra. So a string quartet will come and play selections of music that were composed by musicians who either perished or survived the Holocaust. So that's a free concert at 12 o'clock at Temple Israel. Then on Sunday, we are offering at the UIS Studio Theater. There are two chances to hear this concert, one at 2 p.m. and one at 4.30 p.m. And this concert is the sort of central musical event where we showcase all six violins. There are three violinists, excellent violinists, uh, coming to town to play these uh, instruments for us. And we'll hear sort of three, I would say, categories, three kinds of music. One will hear music, again, by composers who perished, actually, in uh, the Holocaust, like Ilse Weber, for example, who was a wonderful, wonderful woman, uh, musician, who perished in Auschwitz, but first was sent to Theresienstadt. And as, as you very well may know, Theresienstadt had a very vibrant musical life. And she was actually stationed in the children's infirmary and was assigned to take care of children, of course, without medication. And so one of the things she did was to write music and write songs and sing, to sing lullabies. To, so we'll hear one of her beautiful lullabies on the concert. We'll also hear compositions by composers who worked very hard to create a sort of Jewish sound in Western art music. So what would that mean? You know, like Joel Engel or Ernest Bloch, for example. Um, and then we'll hear present day, still living composers like Lyra Auerbach and uh, John Williams. What is their musical reaction to the Holocaust? So we'll hear the theme from Schindler's List, for example. So that is Sunday at 2 and at 4.30 at the UIS Studio Theater. And then two events remain. Tuesday, September 12th at 10 a.m. I will be giving a lecture slash mini recital at the Trotter Center at Lincolnland Community College. And that lecture will focus on this whole notion of material culture and artifacts that survived World War II and what should be done with a collection, like a collection of musical instruments, particularly the violin, which in order to actually remain in its best condition needs to be played as a wooden instrument that, you know, it reacts to the vibrations and the sound waves. And so when it's not played, it actually falls into a state of disrepair. So I hope to get into some good discussions or perhaps arguments with the audience. What really should be done with these instruments? Is violence of hope the right thing to do with them? So that's 10 a.m. at the Treader Center. That's a, a free lecture recital. And then the closing event, Wednesday, September 13th, is a celebratory concert that will take place at the Hoagland at 6.30 p.m. And this is a concert featuring many musicians from the community, and it features music from around the world, from a diversity of genres and styles, all written by Jewish composers. So much of the program will be very recognizable. Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah, the theme from Fiddler on the Roof, by Mirabis Duchesne, Summertime, by George Gershwin, so an, an awesome, awesome program. There are a few tickets remaining for the Sunday and the Wednesday events. So we'd love to see you there. Well, you'll see me there. There's, uh, you can't keep me away from, <laughs> from the education and the culture. And if the, I mean, it's absolutely stunning and marvelous. Please, uh, please, Nancy. Are going, six violins are on display at the Illinois State Museum. 
from today through September 13th. And their stories, they'll be on display with their stories. And so we hope that people take some time, go to the Illinois State Museum to see these violins up close. You heard the executive director of the Jewish Federation of Springfield, folks. You should go take a look at these violins and you should really absorb their meaning, their history, what they've persevered through, uh, and what we cannot allow to occur in the future. Lay of the Land, Trent Nelson here with executive director Nancy Sage of the Jewish Federation of Springfield, as well as associate professor uh, Jonas Dematis of the... University of Illinois Springfield. She is an ethnomusicologist and she's absolutely brilliant. Both of them are absolutely fantastic. We are fortunate to have them on this morning. We could talk literally hours with them, but we will not. I will close by saying that so much of the music that we feel in ourselves, whether it's from our own present time or echoes from the past, comes from the suffering that people went through the guitarra of the Andalusia, and, of course, our own American blues and jazz. Go out and experience some wonderful Jewish culture and learn something. Associate Professor, before we depart, is there anything else that, that we, can, we can get from you? I would just like to add a great big thank you to Nancy Sage and everybody else at the Jewish Federation for all the work they have done for bringing this exhibit to town. Thank you to you for having us and for helping us spread the word. And I just wanted to share the website of the Jewish Federation that lists all of the events. So that is shalomspringfield.org, S-H-A-L-O-M springfield.org, and you can find links for each event. Peace be with you all. Thank you. Thank you. Lay of the land, Trent Nelson, go and enjoy the cultures of the world.